Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. Hey guys, it's Amir Ryder of the Transform Sales Podcast. I got my guest, Tito Bort, CEO of Alti Sales. Tito, what's up, man? How are you? What's up, Amir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. When did we meet? I think it was like five years ago. Yeah, it feels like a long time, dude. You were, uh, you were building an empire in Colombia. Uh, it was a mini empire. Your mini empire, and uh, and yeah, you 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 know you popped in everyone's radar. So here we are. I'm good at there. that, but you pop in everyone's radar too. So I think you know you're good at that as well. I've met many many people that knew Tito Port and and are are followers and fans. Yeah, it must have been a little bit of the content, dude. Just uh, ten years of figuring out sales development and sharing openly. So uh, it's been fun. Also, I would say being on the side of SDR is really defending the, the hardest position out there to the T. So I've, I've read lots of your stuff. Um, it, you know, the purpose, of, like, the purpose of our call today, there's buyers out there, first-time buyers, right, where they're, they're looking to outsource sales. Uh, there's people who've outsourced sales before and, and they failed, but then they tried hiring internally and, and that failed. Now they're back. And the idea is just for people to candidly listen to leaders like yourself, kind of talk openly about some of the mistakes they make when finding an agency and also when working with agency in the hopes that by listening to it, they can learn and become better buyers and ultimately build big companies. Because sometimes these, these same leaders that hire outsourced sales companies are victims to things going wrong. When, you know, when things go right, you get a million dollars of revenue, you got $2 million duration, but if they lose a few months of retainer, they're, they're the victim, right? So the idea is to help people. Um, before I get into that, I'd love for people to hear your story because you're so big in outsourced sales. How did you get into this business? What, what brought you here? You were one of the pioneers, in yeah, my opinion. I, I started sales development as, a, as an employee in 2011. And then I realized uh, that there was a better way to run it, that things were evolving quickly, that like this was going to be a, a trend that would stick around. So um, it's been uh, it's been different iterations of the company, but I can tell you I've been, I've been doing it 11 years and writing about it for about six or seven now since 2015, 2016. Um, and, uh, and yeah, each and every year we find another different improvement, slight better way, another metric to track that we can optimize for. And we're learning about the journey and, and not only learning ourselves in these past 11 years, but also teaching clients, what should you do when you're starting your first team and what should you do if you are going from five to 15 SDRs and from 15 to 50 and from 50 to 500, you know, like working with a company like IBM is very different than working with a company like ARDB or a company that has like 10 employees. So uh, the journey is fascinating to me and we're trying to build a process where in a repeatable and scalable way, we call ourselves a go-to-market accelerator. We're not here to get you meetings. If you need meetings, uh, it's a waste of time for us uh, and it's a waste of time for you. Uh, we're here to help you find revenue and it's not only through the creation of meetings, but also, you know, making sure that those meetings are the right accounts, the right personas, uh, in the right buyer's journey and learning how to help companies tell their own story and their own pitch in a way that resonates and creates change through, uh, beating down status quo. So, you know, a lot of years. So you got into the business. You were really good at it, and then you decided you wanted to help people not make mistakes and go to market the right way. That's it. That's it. 
And, and transparently, you're very passionate about what you do. Um, I, I do read all your stuff. Um, for me, I love the fact that I personally like the fact that you're on the SDRs side in the sense that you really call out how important they are towards a business, not just making meetings, right? So for me, uh, it's fun seeing that. Um, talk to me about like just the mistakes you've seen. And I know you've been doing this for 11 years and you've seen them all, but are there common repeatable themes that you see where people come, they land on, on Altisell site, they're having a conversation with you. And by making a mistake, I don't mean they're making a mistake by like not falling into your sales cycle and like not, they're like making a mistake where they're going to hurt the results that they get from anybody. But what does that look like? Oh, and is, uh, I'm excited to hear this because I've been waiting. This is the most predictable way that everybody builds sales development, right? Regardless of if you do it in-house or outsourced, the first thing you do is you get a couple of SDRs, maybe one or two. And then you don't have the budget to buy all the tools and technology that you need to build a world-class team. So everybody buys maybe an Apollo or a HubSpot and they try to like send a few emails and like make a few calls. They realize they're not getting results. So everybody goes the volume way. Volume is the first thing everybody does. And volume isn't necessarily a mistake. It's just a short-lived tactic, right? Like if you're going to start making 3,000 dials a day and sending 3,000 emails a day with just one rep, and you are a mid-market or enterprise company, you're going to burn through your market really, really quickly. Like that is a lot more sustainable yep. if you're s selling like a, you know, point of sale solution to every restaurant in the United States. You know, there's, I don't know, a million restaurants. Sure. Yeah, or like, VoIP, right? Like something, something that's like everybody's got security, debt finance. Correct. But if you're selling, let's say an average deal size of like 50K plus, something that your niche is like 10,000 companies or less, like you can't be making 3000 dials a day. What, what are you going to be doing by week three? What are you going to be doing by week seven? And that doesn't mean you should never do it. Sure. Do it at the beginning, do it for three months, but at some point you're going to burn out and you're going to realize the first month you try this and you get 10 meetings, right? And you're like, wow, I'm amazing. The second month you get nine and the third month you get eight and the fourth month you get eight and the fifth month you get seven. I'm like, Results start declining. It's, it's, it's a low, the low-hanging fruit, right? You get you pick the low-hanging fruit, then you dig deeper, and they think you're not performing. But it's the tree, it's the tree effect. Yeah, but but it's unsustainable because the companies that are focusing on vol on volume are not focused on efficiency. They don't care. Like I literally just talked to a company that their SDR had connected with five. Their best performing SDR had 518 connections on the phone, and they got 12 meetings. So they're only getting 2.3% of connections on the phone into a meeting. We average 17%. Okay. Like, how do you know, how do you, how do you know that that would be a skill thing or a, a, the offer not being a right fit to the buyer, the buyer they're speaking to in that situation? Um, because they have enough customers paying enough amount of money, it tells me that their offer has a place in the market. And what that means is you can still sell the problem to the market. You don't need to be selling a solution. And the problem does have a problem market fit. And therefore, you should be able to increase this uh, this number. Now, the team was very focused on volume, uh, using auto dialers, email blasting, all that stuff. And they're happy with 12 meetings for the you know month or month and a half or two months that this data came from. 500 connects. Now, we could be eight times more effective which means we would make one eighth of the dials and get the same number of meetings. And you might tell me, but Tito, I don't care. I don't care if I make 30,000 dials instead of 3,000. Well, well, people forget the people don't put a value on a bad call or a bad message, right? It's like, if you have your brand out there and it rubs someone out the wrong way, 
they might not talk to you just because they were like, you interrupted them on the call, you weren't clear, right? So it's like that volume approach can also burn business, right? It can burn pipeline in a way. And that's a little bit of the problem. But the other problem is if you only have 10,000 potential customers, they're not all created equal, right? If your biggest customer is Verizon, you want to get a meeting with AT&T. I don't want to get a meeting with South Florida Pancakes. So if you're making $30,000 a month, right? And you're getting 500 connects and you're getting 10 meetings out of 500 connects. Well, how many companies did you go through? Like your 500 connects are split across, let's call it 300 companies. And you're getting mm -hmm. 12 random meetings with any of the 300 companies. Well, when we call, we're going to talk to 30 companies when we get 10 meetings. So you can get the la creme de la creme. You can really talk to the customer that you want to talk to. People, I think. And, the that, biggest and that, has a down, that has a downward effect, right? That has, it's good onboarding, it's good customer, good retention, right? People forget to talk about it. You don't talk to your creme de la creme and you got churn issues now, right? So you got, it's, it's a bigger symptom it causes than just, you know, having a lot of calls and, and, and not enough meetings. It, it can cause problems with even an onboarding team if, you, if you're talking to the wrong customers. Yeah, you don't want to sell to anybody and everybody. You want to sell to the customers that are the best fit for you. And the question is, can you identify the best fit, which you should, or we can help you. And then number two, can you pick a list of 50 accounts and let's get into 10 out of the 50, right? That's, that's where you really win. The customer lifetime value of your top 50 accounts should be 5x that of random accounts, if not 10x or 20x. So what's the value of the meeting? You might say, yeah, but Tito, with auto dialers, my cost per meeting is 900 bucks or 500 bucks or 300 bucks. Yes, but... Irrelevant. Your conversion... The conversion is rate is 2%. Yeah, irrelevant. Conversion, so, conversion so close rate is 2% and retention is average one year. You go to the top clients, yeah. conversion rate is 12% and retention is five years. Your company valuation is hurting significantly and your long-term metrics, your VC is going to look at your metrics and be like, what is this, what is this terrible uh, data you're showing me? So I, I know who you serve and we're going to get that later. So I know, so, but this is the first time I've heard this and I actually like this because this is unique. The mistake that you see buyers making is the volume game, right? And, 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 and if I'm hearing this correctly, it's buyers are coming in they're either they're either executing high volume touches or they want to buy high volume and they're making that mistake because they have a, have they're not finding their best customers right they're they have a low conversion rate they're just spending money on call dialers all the technology and it leads to downward problems right so that so that's that's a mistake as a buyer and i know why you're saying this because i know who you work with who you're going to talk about which is which is awesome because it's clear that you care less about the winning of a company, uh, but, but succeeding, right? And I think that's what separates your agency from others, where you're kind of in there for the long-term game, almost being like, hey, what is this million dollar worth in valuation? And we're going to see it through. And it's a big difference when you get a 2% conversion rate versus a 15, bottom line, right? If, if any person listening to this understands the concept of technical debt, I would say that by using volume, you're creating sales debt. You're creating sales development debt. You have to right? pay back for later. No, I, 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 I like it. I, I hear it. Or through low sales conversion or whatever else. You think the this is like measuring your sales development cost per meeting is like measuring a, a programmer by the cost of line of code. You don't want the guy that puts the most lines of codes for the cheapest cost per line of code. You want the guy that builds the best software, right? You want the guy that yeah. gets, gets you 
if AT&T is your client, get Verizon. If it's Hilton, go get Myriad. If it's Procter & Gamble, go get Unilever. If it's Microsoft, you know, go get Samsung or Apple. Like, focus, 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 focus. And even no, this is great. This is great for like, this is great for the listeners here because I've I've heard so many times people say I don't like outbound. I do do outbound, and the reason a lot of times the reason is because they don't want to hurt their brand recognition. A lot of times it's because they've been receiving the volume, they've been receiving the, the crap, right? So then all of a sudden you're like, hey, we want to help you with outbound. They know that they need the revenue. They know it's part of the business model, but they're they're actually concerned about their reputation because of what they're receiving, right? And then another sales agency is doing the same thing. They're just emailing 20,000 people, calling all the time. So you're kind of coming in almost protecting the brand in a way, right? Building a good brand with quality outreach. And by doing that, it results in higher amounts of meetings per calls. And it also results in lower sales debt, which is going to cost you later on. Yep, correct. Is that, is that got it right? You can spend time looking at the numbers, right? Like the, the average volume play is going to get X many meetings per month, but the conversion into the show rate is like 60%. And then the conversion into pipeline is like 22%. And the conversion to close one is like 4%. And then you look at like a well-built funnel. And this isn't just my data. Look at how Salesforce, Okta, Palo Alto Networks run it. They run it with like very careful well-structured sales development practices that have SDR enablement, SDR ops, good tools, good integrations. And they might get the same number of meetings or maybe less meetings. Instead of like five meetings per SDR per month, they might get three, right? And we get 10, but they might get three in-house. But out of those three, conversion into pipeline is 60% and conversion to close one is 25. So who cares if you get three, if at the end of the day, you're closing 15% of every initial meeting into revenue, while the other company is maybe getting five or six or seven, and they're converting 1% of initial meetings into revenue. Why do you think buyers have an obsession with meetings and meeting numbers? How many times have you heard 15 meetings per month where it came from no data, they didn't even have a team before, they store that, where is this obsession with, with meetings coming from? I think everybody has been, you know, like th they want to measure it and they want to measure their ROI and they think uh, cost per meeting. Cost per meeting is the most most erroneous but most common way to look at this, right? And the question is, are you a short-term strategy or a long-term strategy? Because if you are demand capture, right? I, I look at the same way when it comes to marketing and advertising. If you're doing SEO I want to know or SEM, I want to know my cost per, per meeting because this is incoming traffic with intent. So I really care about my cost per lead. But when you're doing like content or you're doing, let's say, outbound marketing, right? When you put a, when you put a big banner on the street, right? You don't look at your cost per view. Like you got to think about it, the long-term value of like both building awareness, building a brand, getting in front of the right people. So too many are thinking of outbound, like if it was inbound, what's my cost per meeting? That's how they measure their marketing SEO and SEM. So would, yeah, it hurts you long-term. Do you, do, you, do you think that outbound can generate inbound? It always does. Always. But why, yeah. why, but why don't we talk about it more? I mean, because people a, are- A buyer, you know, a, a buyer of a million dollar product can go to a website after a phone call. I, I, could, I could call somebody and he could be like, F you, me, or blah, blah, blah. He goes to your website, comes a customer, and then marketing says it's an inbound lead, but it was, it was pushed into the funnel outbound. Why, why do people no. not talk about- Let, Let's talk about this. One of my clients, a global Fortune 10 company, just closed- a eight-figure deal over $20 million with another global 
Fortune 50 company today in 2022. And they told us, hey, guys, we just closed this deal and we figured out you sourced it. And I said, but we haven't called that company in a while. They're like, no, yeah, you called them in 2019. They did a demo with us. They told us we'll come back later. We're not interested at the moment, but this sounds cool. And two years later, the same person came inbound. They had gone a promotion to now be a VP instead of a director. They yeah. came inbound and they bought a $20 million package with us. But see, to me, that sounds normal. It sounds logical. It sounds, it sounds, it makes sense. It's like you can't force a buyer to buy, but you can force a buyer to be in the awareness and say, hey, you know, you might face these problems in the future, take a demo. But we have like this weird, we have this weird I, I, obsession with numbers. We have an obsession with, I want an ROI in six months on cash when I said it myself as the buyer that my sales cycle is nine months. And we're not really measuring the fact that buyers can come in two years later that were brought in and turned to deals and it costs people money, right? Cause I, you know, think about how many agencies get fired, how many SDRs get fired that are highly trained, right? Um, what, what, how do you, how do you prepare buyers to be more aware of that? And, and do you think buyers should be more focused on, are they hitting their net, their, their gross sales numbers, their gross profit margins, their net profit margins? Like, is that the true tale of a long-term program? Cause I, I think it is versus meetings made. Yeah, but it's it's hard to measure because those are lagging indicators, right? Like revenue is a lagging indicator. Like if you start your outbound program now, you get a ramp your program, call it two or three months. And then by month three, now you're operating at a good pace. That's if you outsource and you have a good outsource provider. If you're doing it in-house, it might take you six to nine months to even get the team going because you got to integrate all the tools and all the process. And then from those nine months, you start getting meetings. Your average sales cycle is six months. But really, outbound is going to be longer than your average because they don't have a project. You're calling them. So now you're going to give it another eight months or 12 months. Guess what? From the moment you say, let's start outbound until the moment you say, wow, we're seeing revenue come through, it might be 24 months. Yet every buyer is like, we want to start outbound. We want to do a two-month trial and see what we can get. And I said, get in terms of what? They're like meetings. I'm like, okay, how are you going to measure success? Cost of meeting. You're dead. You're absolutely dead, right? So, so, you so why is it like two months, right? I want to see how many. No, they're they're, they're, they're dead. But I also, you know, and you know, and I know that when they go to a venture capital company to go raise money, they're forecasting marketing and sales spend, telling a company, "Give me ten, give me twenty million dollars. You're going to get an ROI in ten, fifteen years, right?" Like, and then they go hire or build a team, and it doesn't match. It doesn't actually match their financial model. That's right. Why is that? It's hard, right? Again, outbound creates inbound. So like a lot of the goals and things you're going to achieve in the next 12 months are already happening now or, or, or happened before. So you're telling me, you know, who's who's a good fit for you guys? I think anybody, we're, we're speaking November 14, 2022. Anybody trying to influence 2022 revenue, don't bother, right? Q1 2023, don't bother. Uh, I, I'm not, I we can get lucky and you can close the deal. But if that's going to be your measure of success, it's going to be yeah. Better. You can't yeah. You can't build a company on luck, right? What what you, you can't build, build luck. if you are a smart go to market chief revenue officer, whatever your title might be, the way you're thinking about this is: can I get all my metrics through my funnel to work so that this becomes a predictable revenue machine? Can I get ten meetings per SDR per month? Eight of those show up. Out of the eight, we move fifty five or sixty percent into pipeline, which is. 4.4 to 4.8. Cool. Out of those, can we close 20%? Okay, cool. Like that's 0.9 deals. 
On my average deal size is 50K. Okay, cool. Now I have a process where each individual SDR is getting me 0.9 deals at 50K per month every month. Holy cow, 0.9 deals, that's 45K in revenue. What's my cost to have that SDR? Definitely this on 45K. CAC payback period under 12 months. Like I have a rocket ship and it has to be sustainable. If they're burning through 300 accounts and 30,000 phone calls in order to get, get 10 meetings, and I say, hey, I'm a VC, I'm going to triple your money, triple your team, and triple your results, you're dead. Because what are you going to do? Call 10,000 accounts every month now? You can't do that. So now, I, now, now I know why Guy Todd always tags you as a sales scientist on LinkedIn. Um, when I'm listening to you, to me, it sounds like, it sounds like you've really learned how you know, a, a good tech company builds a product requirement document. They really understand the build of their product, right? And then they all of a sudden they come to go to market and they have none of their math down, right? And, and it sounds like you really got that math down. So oh, to you, me, you, it sounds like you're uh, a good match. Go, go, go ahead. I was like, you got to have it. You there? Otherwise, you're going to be dead. Dude, you have to fucking have it. Would you ever get, would you get in this apartment if it was built off just like, I want to hire some SDRs, put them together, throw some numbers and hope for some meetings? No, it has to be a fucking formula, right? And it's interesting that people don't get that. And it's almost as if it's just like, if you're in product or you're in this environment, you run on math and right. And, the, and now you're a VP of sales or sales is on the guy and you don't, you don't lose math, right? You just use the phone. And I think that's not going to win. It wasn't winning for a long time and it's not going to win moving forward. Companies need, especially now in the climate that we're in, there's not going to be all this bad money thrown at business development, right? It, it, people are not going to be just hiring endlessly, buying children. So they have to, they have to really plan what they're doing or else they're going to just end up money, you know, penniless. What do we call it? Or, or, or down and under like, like what's happening in the future. What do you see for our business in the future? Do you see business development, sales outsourcing, just here to stay and growing because of the complexity it has involved into it. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I think things are going. I think the economy is going to be tough for a long time. I don't think it's going to get easier. And when you're doing the volume approach, you're usually, like you said before, you're getting the low-hanging fruit. And there's not going to be any more low-hanging fruit because every company is tightening budget. And people aren't coming inbound because you only come inbound when you have a project and there's something you want to buy. What we need to start selling via outbound is what we've been doing for a long time, which is selling to the unconsidered need. I got to call a VP of sales or a CRO that doesn't know that they necessarily have a problem but they're open-minded to learn something new. And I got to get them into a meeting and show them the journey that sales development teams take in order to become incredible and show them where they are in that journey and how to get them to be better. And if you sell cybersecurity, it's the same idea. You call uh, uh, CISO, you get them into a meeting, you show them the, the journey of cybersecurity and how to become a world-class company when it comes to your cybersecurity setup and systems and operations. And you ask them where they are in the journey and you help them get a couple of steps ahead through your product services processes. So I think that if the economy gets tough, Amazon just laid off 10,000 people today or they announced they're going to. I think tech companies have been laying off people like we're seeing tens of thousands of layoffs every month. I think that's going to continue. Yep, everybody who's doing volume is going to be dead because when the economy is nice and everybody's got a lot of money, the volume works. If you just... So yeah. whatever on the phone and you hit kind of hit a point and that's kind of somebody's problem. You got a heartbeat of work. Yeah, of course. But when, when things get tough, you got to be able to convince people. You got to have a high conversion rate from somebody saying hello into somebody getting a meeting. Do not get 500 connects for 12 meetings because then when the economy gets tough, 
Now it's going to be 500 connects to three meetings. Get really good at getting 10% of the people who say hello into a meeting, 15%, 17%, and make sure that the people you're calling are people who actually fit the type of profile that you help the best. So there's going to be a continued shift to quality. Complete shift to quality. It's the only way to what make you've it. Been, what you've been doing for the last couple, five, six years, more, right? So that's not, so it's kind of finally coming. You were, you, you were not, you were get the volume. You were all about quality from day one. I've been so excited about this time because like. So you've been can, warning people. You've been warning. No one's been listening. That, you've, been, you've been warning people. I've been warning people about this and I've been warning people about crypto and nobody has been listening. And guess what? FTX just went down. So. We'll see. I remember landing in Miami and, and hearing your warning about um, the Dow Jones. And you were very, you know, very, very uh, hawkish about it. And you probably should have been right. I think it was just the reason why you weren't right about your call was just basically fake stimulation, simulation, really. Like, you know, you were, you were spot on. I remember. I'll, yeah, my heart dropping. See. Peter Bort was saying, we were going, we were going, we were going below 10,000. I, I, I think if it wasn't for the trillions of dollars printed for all the PPP loans. I just say, yeah, I, I, think it, I think you're right. I think what you were saying was just delayed a couple of years, um, which, which, is, which is, you know, sucks for me. I got a portfolio thing here, but whatever. I got yeah. to just keep hustling. Um, people are listening. I know who your best buyers are. I know, I, I, you know, I, I've known them for a while, but I'd love for people listening to this to kind of self-identify themselves. Like if, who are your best buyers? First, let's want to start. You got to pick one. Is it software or services? No. If you, us, if you could only have one. If I could only have one, I would say software. And and it doesn't. Here's the thing. For us, it's enterprise. If your average deal size is under 30k, I'm happy to talk to you and help you out and point you in the right direction. But I can't work with you. You're not a good fit. On the opposite end of the spectrum, if your average deal size is over like 150k. There's nobody ever in this world that's even one-tenth of as good as we are to what you need because your market is so limited that you will not be able to afford volume for a very, very long time. You will burn through it very quickly. I'm sure you can start with any other technic method, agency, whatever. And it, I'm not saying it's never going to work. No, no. They're going to work really well for two months, for four months, for six months until they burn, burn out and they're going to... It's going to stop working. It's a, series A, Series B, publicly traded. Um, series A, Series B, or does it matter? Um, to us, it doesn't necessarily matter too, too much, though we have slightly different offerings. If you're publicly traded and you're a big company, uh, pay cash only. And, you know, we're not cheap, but we're amazing. And you don't care because you might be closing very, very big deals. I don't even know why it's cheap. People, people are making. For me, that's the one thing I want to talk about, right? Like, if I, if Tito Bort is not the CEO of Alti Sales, you know, and you're, I'm hiring you as my CRO, and you're like, hey, my salary is 200k, I might offer you 280k or 290k just to get you on board. You are an agency that's hyper focused. You have a, you have a track record delivering results, right? Why, why are, why, why are people not even giving you more money for success? You know what I mean? Like, like I, I hate to say it, but like, if someone comes to Alti Sales. And you have a hundred fifty thousand dollar average contract value. Um, this concept of cheap confuses me because it's not customer support, right? You're, 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 you're. For me, I, I just think that if if I were a company with a hundred thousand fifty a hundred thousand dollar ACV, I cared about quality at a small TAM. I would, I wouldn't even call it a premium, but I would, I would not be discouraged by a, a lower priced agency that's in a different part of the world compared to your agency because. 
there's just so much ROI and so much valuation to be made that I feel like people who, who even shop with the dollar sign is, is it's really hurting themselves. You know, like, but like anything why? in life, right? why like, is that happening? Why did you hire a CTO with experience that knows how to manage people? Can't you find a coder that just graduated college from like, let's say Ukraine or India and make him your CTO? Like they know how to code too, right? That's the same mindset that people come to sales development outsourcing. Like, oh, anybody can make dials. Anybody can send emails. Like now do you want the, the guy who really knows? It's like playing soccer, dude. I can play soccer. Cristiano Ronaldo can play soccer. He has a higher price to play on your team than I do. Does it make sense to pay a higher price, man? If I don't if think so, and I, I, I think I think that people I think people just don't know what they're doing, and they don't know where to find people, they don't know where to trust people, right? And I think they're I think what they think is that if I don't have the trust, I don't have the expertise, I'm safer with something that's a smaller package, but it's fucking bullshit because it costs them more money in the long run. Then they waste ninety days, right? Now a company goes, yeah, ninety days, month by month, they fire that agency. They have another 90 days to find another agency. They're already behind the game six months. How much money did that cost them? It probably cost them a few hundred grand, right? So like I know the math, right? And I know that I know that for the right for the right client that you talk to, I know it's a steal. And I, I would pay more um, because I know what, what, what how the world really works. So for me, I know what my job is. I have a few people to introduce you to because we, we find these all the time. I think I think I think you find a lot of companies that have super sophisticated um, products like I, I talked to someone recently that was a uh was a company called man i thought i thought it was called but it was a fintech as a service where where they were like basically like we let you open up these bank accounts and people's names and credit cards and when you're transferring the money you, and i i when i had the the i know that the ceo of the company was a series b and i know that he hired somebody through our marketplace and i know he hired them because he was a low-cost person and the guy was my friend because because he was he was one of the good reps and then the guy told me about what he was doing. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, this company raised a series B, $65 million. And they hired you to like build their outbound sales program. They think they're saving money. And like this company is really hurting themselves. And, and, and it's because they, they literally, they literally buy externally a different way than they hire internally. But I think that's, that's going to change. Right. And I think, I think when more people listen to you talk, I think that they'll hear not only that you have a passion for your SDRs, but you also have a passion for the bottom line. And I, from my understanding is that sometimes, and, and, and maybe you don't need to mention this, but you don't want to, but from what I talked to you in the past, you like to actually be part of the companies that you work for oftentimes, correct? That's right. Uh, you know, I, as I was saying, the big companies, we charge cash and it's no problem. But if you're a small company, we're happy to take equity. Um, we, we give ourselves That's, a period of time to so, decide if we're going to invest. Let's pause there though. That's a big deal. Because that's, that's a big deal because you're putting your money where your mouth is and you want to be on the long term, right? And that's kind of why you're very picky with who you, very picky who, with who you work with, essentially, right? Yeah. You, and, you, you and know, you, you want to have probably, yeah, go ahead. Here's what I'll tell you. I, I've had several companies, uh, one acquired by Square, another one acquired by Five9, another one acquired by, I don't know, like every other, like somebody got acquired by... I don't know, whatever. I'm going to have to go check this, but there's so many. And like, literally we influenced like for one of our, of our clients, like $2.7 million in revenue in the first like 18 months. And their valuation went from 40 million to 400 million in that period. And like, we were big influencers in that rise. And we're like, they were, yeah, it's, a big it's, a, it's a big deal. 60 K in sales development or 300 K in sales development. 
They ended up going with us as the better option for 300K. We influenced $2.7 million in revenue. At the valuations when they got when when this was happening, they were 40 times revenue. So like we increased their company valuation by a hundred million through cold outbound. And they were debating if they were gonna spend the 300 k with us or, or or just 60k with somebody else. It's insane. We influence a hundred million in revenue. You know what I mean? Like the I, best. I, I, I do know what I mean. That's why I'm always following up with you. But for those listening, I'm always telling Tito to get my marketplace. He's like, Amir, he's like, I don't need business. He's like, I just, I, 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 I use my own service. And I'm like, Tito, I'm like, I know. My whole pitch for Tito is, what about that one customer who can't find you and he doesn't get to be a billion dollar company? We need to help that customer. And that's where Tito goes, yes. That's the only, you know, that's the only time I get Tito excited. Um, but no, look, for me, I know you're 33 years old now. 34, 33. 32. I think you've accomplished more in, in your lifetime than, than 95% or 99% of software sales leaders have done. And I think a lot of people are always trying to think, you know, like people, they think they can do it better and better and better. But like, guys, like AltiSales has a track record of helping multiple companies hit exits, multiple valuation. He's got all the data. He's got all of the actual backing and, and he's a good fit for a company with a high ACV, which no software companies are, right? Like there's a lot of software companies out there. The, the ones that struggle the most typically are your fit. They really are because if they're not your fit, they're spraying and paying and they're doing, they're getting, they're, they're losing in the sales debt. So most of the really good fit clients that really can use your help are the ones that you help, which is awesome. And that's kind of why I'm always persistent with you to get you on the show and get you involved, um, which is great. So thank you for being on the show and, and helping. Yeah, my pleasure, man. I think that I, the, the, the final thing and funny thing that happens is when the economy is nice and everybody's got plenty of money to go throw around, even bad sales development practices will yield some results. When the economy gets really tough and people aren't buying, a lot of sales development agencies, I think there's 2,000 now, whatever number you 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 know yeah. this better than me, I think 90% are going to die because everybody and their cousin have decided to start a sales development outsourcing company with some sort of spray and pray technique, tactic, or method that they tried on their previous company and they thought it was genius and they think it's infinitely replicable forever. And it's not. We run hundreds of different plays in very structured and organized ways with very expensive tools in order to get high success. And like we have our success guaranteed. I'm waiting for a little bit of a economic downturn to come and to wipe out a bunch of noise. And that's, it's even going to I'm waiting easier. for you to have some available. I'm waiting for you to have some availability. So when I bring you the, the, the right person, you're, 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 you know, you got the availability for them. Cause I know that you guys are always, always, always busy, always packed. That's right. I'm, I'm I promise to make I promise to make space for uh for for one that you bring my way, and uh, then we might tell the the success. That, mean, that means a lot to me. That means a lot to me, man. I got I got a lot of love and a lot of respect for you. Um, I I I think that over the next five ten years, I think I think you'll you'll continue to to help companies to their goals and continue to help leaders at your goals, and hopefully I can help help one help help one find you. I will be good with that. Um, anybody listening to this, where can they find you? Are you on Instagram, TikTok? What are you doing these days? Twitter, LinkedIn. Nah. I know you. I know you kill LinkedIn. Where can they find you? LinkedIn's a place. I don't know. It's, link, yeah. it's LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn. LinkedIn isn't for me. You know, like I'm, I'm enterprise. I'm not. I'm not going to be on TikTok uh, or or Snapchat or all that stuff. Like uh, LinkedIn's the place to be. And uh, and yeah. No wonder you website. didn't respond back to my snap. Okay, no, I know. I thought I took it personally. He's not on it. <laughs> 
That was probably some, some other Tito Bort you found online. That was not me. I don't know. I haven't seen it. There's a handsome dude, man. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I'm just kidding, bro. Listen, Tito, you're the man. I appreciate you. Um, anybody listening, thank you for checking in the Transform Sales Podcast. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, if you don't find Tito yourself, I'm going to help you find him. So either way, you're going to get a professional uh, sales development program. And remember, that the, the reality is that it's not quantity is not going to win. It's going to be quality. And, and that's what most people want. And that's what you're here to do. Tito, thank you again for being on the show, man. My pleasure. All right, man. Take care.